Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And we're talking to you guys right after the Texans shocked the world. Robert along with Sports Radio 610, Sean Mijani joining us to break down the Texans' two first-round picks. And also with us, USA Today analyst John Crumpler. And John, what can you say? We're talking right after it happened. Your immediate reaction to this. I think Houston won the draft. I think they were in a really difficult scenario coming into today where the favorite player on their board did not really align with the value of that pick. And Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan said, we're going to make the most of having two picks at the top of the draft. To to come away with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, I think it's a home run for this team. I think it's the spark they needed, and I think it's a it's a believable, cohesive plan for the team moving forward. What did you think about what they did, what they gave up for uh, to move up in the draft for Will Anderson? Yeah, I thought it was great, honestly. So once you took C.J. Stroud at two, I think you really shot Arizona's market for that pick. And because of that, they traded, I believe, pick 33 tomorrow and then a first and a third next year. And coming up from 12th, historically, we watched San Francisco had to give up three first-round picks to make that kind of jump just two years ago. I think it was good value. They clearly believe Will Anderson Jr. is the type of player who's going to be a captain of their defense and an all-pro at the defensive end position. And if D'Amico Ryans thinks that's the foundational building block he needs for his defense to work and to make the most of their talented secondary, I think it's a good price. It feels like you almost gave up all that capital really to get C.J. Stroud because you can – do it either way. You could have moved up and taken Will Anderson second. I thought it was a very interesting move that the Texans chose Stroud at second, maybe sending a message to him that, you know, we think you're the leader of this franchise as opposed to taking him third. Maybe the price drops a little bit with him going in the three spot, but you do want to send a message to that quarterback. Hey, you were worth taking two, even though we had back-to-back picks. Yeah, and and another component to consider, Tennessee have been working the phones all week trying to come up to that pick. So not only do you send a message to C.J. Stroud that we value you, but you also make sure quarterback is – I think Will Anderson's going to be a great player. If this team's going to compete in the AFC, C.J. Stroud's probably going to have to be the engine behind that. And you make sure you got him when you did that. Any last thoughts? Because we know you got to run. You got plenty to write. But just uh, (sighs) overall – reaction to like where the Texans are right now. They've got a quarterback. They got a pass rusher. This is everything you needed if you were the Texans going into this draft. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, this was QB1, and this was the edge one on the board. For a lot of people, QB1B at worst with C.J. Stroud. I think they hit their two biggest needs in the draft. I think the NFL is about having a quarterback and making the other quarterback uncomfortable, and everything else in the game is just surrounding those two things. And tonight they got a lot better in both of those aspects. I think D'Amico Ryans is going to have a football team with the pieces ready to hit the ground running. It makes the free agent signings that they had make sense. It makes their overall plan make sense. And they're still going to have their own first round pick next year if things don't go well, in addition to their own second round pick. So it, it really feels like a dream off season for Houston in conjunction with the coaches they brought in. So very pleased, Robert. Thanks for doing this, John. Love it. Thanks we'll talk for to you again me. soon. It's a good night to be a Texans fan. All right, Sean, Robert, I'll see you guys. All right, right take man. it easy. Yeah. Uh, Sean, fantastic. what do you think, man? It, it's unbelievable. Uh, I think it's fantastic. You know, immediately after the Texans uh, traded up and selected Will Anderson, Crumpler uh, tweeted out, you know, Texans control the draft. Casario controlled the draft. And after losing control of the draft with that win against Indianapolis in the final week of the regular season. I I just wonder if this is something that Casario felt 
was necessary all along. And we've talked about the scenarios, a multitude of them, but I think it was necessary at the end of the day for the Texans to get a cornerstone of their team on both sides of the ball. And Casario knocked it out of the park, at least as tonight is concerned. You know, time will only tell. You know, what this looks like a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we can talk about it maybe a little bit differently or maybe even more glowingly then. But for right now in this moment, Nick Casario took control. I thought he's done a, he did a great job. And, you know, this maybe even lends a little bit more credence to, you know, the speculation when Carolina first moved up to with Chicago for that number one spot. You know, you and I talked about it. Well, do they know exactly who it's for? It could still have been between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And it doesn't matter necessarily, but maybe the Texans at the end of the day got the guy they always wanted. Um, that's definitely going to be one of my questions tonight whenever we speak with Nick Casario here in a couple hours. So uh, I think it's just a win-win so far for the Texans, and they may not be done. You know, that they're going to have Anthony Richardson's now in the division because as you and I started the show, we just found out that Anthony Richardson's going to be the quarterback for the Colts. So, you know, this whole <laughs> draft is going to be framed around Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, I mean, did the Texans get all of this stuff right? And did they accidentally fall into C.J. Stroud and it works out? Or, you know, that last game of the season? I mean, are we going to be talking about that forever? They could have had Bryce Young instead of C.J. Stroud, all of that. So there's like just a, a bunch of dominoes here that are falling all at different times. And you're wondering, okay, what's going to happen with the Texans down the road and, and how we can look at this draft down the road? Because, you know, it's it's not just that, uh, these other quarterbacks were who they chose not to get, but they chose, you know, not to screw up in the last game and, or maybe not screw up and, and actually do the right thing and try to get that first pick. They chose not to go after Ant Anthony Richardson, which a lot of people think, Oh, let's, let's get him or Will Levis or whatever. So just like so many what ifs and sliding door moments here. And now what does Tennessee do? You know, they're not going to ride with Ryan Tannehill forever. What quarterback are they going to be looking for? I mean, who's left on the board outside of, you know, Will Levis and, you know, are they feeling Hendon Hooker later in this draft? Maybe it's nobody for them this year. Maybe they're stuck in, you know, the world of mediocrity you know, at the quarterback position going forward, like we feared the Texans would be if, in fact, they wouldn't have done what they did tonight at number two and picking C.J. Stroud. That's going to be interesting to follow, uh, no doubt about it. You know, however this would have broken down, it, you just felt like uh, there was a possibility that two of the three quarterbacks on the board amongst the top four, once Bryce Young goes off the board at number one, Two of those three remaining were some way, somehow going to wind up in the division. Either one of them was going to be on the Houston Texans or two of them were going to be on, you know, the Titans and the Colts. And so I'm just glad the Texans got their guy. Um, you know, it, there are so many questions that we'll likely never really know the God's honest truth to. Uh, one I alluded to earlier, if in fact Stroud was always the Texans guy. Um, where they valued him, uh, if they would have not lost that number one pick, would Stroud have been the number one overall selection? Were they cool with Bryce Young, too? Was it really all about those top two quarterbacks? Um, and then, you know, the, the, the S2 cognition scores, you know, that came out, that was leaked. 
There's still questions about the accuracy in terms of those reports on what his actual score was. I'm sure that'll be a question later on tonight. Was it the Texans that leaked it, you know, to ensure, at least in their mind, going through every effort possible that they could get their guy? I thought you made a great point, by the way. Uh, taking C.J. Stroud at number two, knowing full well the Texans were going to work a deal or at least try to at the time and moving up to uh, number three with Arizona. You know, if they take Will Anderson number two, the ask is probably a lot different at number three um, if it's flip-flopped. So it's not as simple as just flipping it. But I do agree with you that it does send a little bit of a message, you know, as it should to C.J. Stroud, like, hey, this is where we valued you. You were our guy all along. And again, I think it leads credence to the initial report where when Carolina jumped up to number one, the first guy that everybody was talking about was, hey, they did this for Stroud. And we see all, you know, how that unraveled. So it's going to be an interesting follow this season. Yeah, the other part about this that's real interesting is you you gave up a first and a third round pick to move up. And that mm-hmm. means that basically uh, you felt like Will Anderson was worth a lot. Because you didn't have to do that just for Will Anderson, you would think. You, you know, there's other pass rushers in this draft, but giving up a first and third, uh, or I mean, in a way, you're giving up a a first because you're flipping spots, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, giving sure. up that first and third, I mean, that's a big deal just for a pass rusher. I mean, we, we're thinking it's for Stroud in a way. You kind of get it confused, but really, they decided to pick Stroud at two. So you're giving up that first and third for a pass rusher. That tells you also, like, man, they, they think a lot of Will Anderson. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that go, well, Will Anderson's not this, you know, extraordinary game-changing pass rusher. Um, he's a solid guy with a high floor and is going to be really good. But this isn't J.J. Watt you're getting with the number three pick as a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, you know, I guarantee you the Texans went – really far back, further back than what, you know, all of these experts are talking about, you know, over the course of the last uh, really two or three days, I've been listening to a lot of conversations in regards to uh, Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson. And I soured on Tyree Wilson, maybe wrongfully so, but, you know, you already took a guy number three last year with an injury history in college. And now you're going to look at a guy like Tyree Wilson, who his last two years in college, both required season-ending injuries that are quite significant with a Liz Franck uh, situation with him. And the Texans, unfortunately, have a little bit of history and knowledge about what a Liz Franck injury entails and the aftermath of it and how lingering it can be for a player. But certainly for a guy on the edge, it's a little bit different. The torque, you know, the pressure that you're putting on the foot there. But, you know, Will Anderson, the number one argument against him is like, eh, you know, okay, looking at his film last year, Okay, he wasn't like great. He was really good, really effective. But in comparison to a guy like Tyree Wilson, you know, you're talking a little bit of semantics. I don't care about just last year. I care about the year before and the year before that and the trajectory, not about a guy that flashed that went to Alabama and that was, a you know, a, a star and one of the best defenses in all the college football. I care about the trajectory. That's what it's all about, too. Somebody made a great point earlier tonight that I was listening to on this draft coverage, and it was like, you know, there's something about how players approach the night of a draft. They either look at it as a springboard or they look at it as their goals and their dreams had come to come true. 
And there's a real appreciation that we de-emphasize, don't talk about enough, about the guys that look at draft night as the springboard, that want to talk about what they could do in the next five to ten years of an NFL career, not just, oh, you know, finally I made my dreams happen and I got drafted. Okay, great, fantastic. Now what? What are you going to do with it? There's a difference there. And I like that part about Will Anderson. Everything that you've heard from Will Anderson is talking about what he can do in the NFL at the next level. You don't hear that from a lot of other guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what you thought of, you know, taking a guy with an injury history, but it's just like, you, yeah, you just did that with Stingley. Yeah, I don't and, like it. I mean, that's what, that, yeah, that, that was the, that's the big problem, right? I mean, you said it earlier, that, that, that was the issue. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. You, you could have gotten by with it, right, if, it, if you go Stroud and Wilson. But trading up and giving up all of that, you know, giving up your 12th pick, giving up a first next year, giving up uh, a third rounder next year for a guy with a significant injury history in college, I mean, that, that's a – the fan base is still excited because you get your quarterback, but that's a big gamble. That's an unnecessary risk. And if you're doing this between Anderson and Wilson, hey, I'm going to go with the guy – that went and played against the very best and he stayed healthy and he's talking future. Uh, He's not talking about, you know, uh, hopes and dreams coming true on draft night. He's talking about future. And so I I thought this in with that in mind was an absolute win, win uh, for the Texans. It was necessary as again, I said, if I didn't finish my thought, I thought it was super important with the amount of capital that you had coming into this draft, that the Texans really tried their damnedest to get, two cornerstones on one on offense, one on defense with a defensive minded guy like D'Amico. I know we all got lost in the smoke screen and in the fog and thinking like, Oh yeah, he's going to go defense, defense, defense. There's not a quarterback, you know, that's worthy of a number two pick or uh, for the Texans to take. And, you know, they're going to overthink this thing. No, they didn't overthink it. They were solid. This was their guy. It appears all along. They made the quarterback happen. And then they got a D'Amico guy who is an extension of him, has that mentality, an immediate leader who can take control of the locker room. And he's got some really darn good guys to learn from, too. As you know, the Texans did a really great job of bolstering a defense in all three levels uh, with Jimmy Ward getting those two veteran linebackers in here and the guys that they already have on that defensive line and Jerry Hughes and Malik Collins. This is going to be a really solid and exciting group to watch develop uh, going forward, especially when we get to training camp. Yeah, and just so people know about Will Anderson the last couple of years, he played 15 games in 2021. We're talking about uh, 17 and a half sacks. In mm-hmm. 2022, it, he plays 13 games, 10 sacks, so less sacks. But, of course, there was more emphasis on him after that incredible year in 2021. There was also a couple of fewer games. You look at the total – uh, tackles, uh, 101 in 2021, 51 last year. So there was a drop there a little bit. And then, you know, the assist went down 45 to 27. Any of that stuff concern you at all that his numbers dropped as much as they did the, the, the two years, even just, you know, just despite the fact that, that, yes, there was a couple of less games? No. Um, I mean, I it, it's really hard for me, you know, even when we're looking at the pretty numbers um, and those steady uh, very attractive numbers that we look at for quarterbacks or receivers. You know, I, I don't pay too much attention to it. When I'm looking at, and this maybe is just me, um, you're a baller, okay? Will Anderson's a baller. The numbers are, you know, on the back burner for me. It's, did he stay healthy? Was he a dog? 
How did he play? What was he being asked to do in that system? And as you mentioned, you know, after coming off of a lightning year in 2021, hey, you know what? The best teams in that in that conference, the SEC, they're going to look to figure out how the hell they can keep their quarterback upright and safe. And so they're going to scheme a little bit differently on the edge and not maybe let you come free and play so many one-on-ones. Maybe they're going to chip a little bit more. Maybe they're going to double-team you. You know, maybe they're going to make your life a little bit harder than it was the year previous. I mean, that's what you get paid the big bucks for as the D.C. or head coach in the SEC in college football. So I don't really look at the numbers and things like that because, you know, it's – what are we talking about here? You know, it's about what you can do at the next level. It's about, you know, that chess match that we always discuss. Okay, well, what did Anderson do this past year? He freaking balled out. You know, he was relentless. And you talk about guys that, you know, D'Amico once, he mentions it every time he talks to defense. Hell, really, anybody on this football team, swarm. That dog mentality, that's what you got to play with, that passion. And Will Anderson, you know, to me, exemplified that, um, you know, all along, you know, when you were comparing him against, you know, the very best edge rushers, really just the very best defensive players, the stars that you think can come out of this draft. To me, he was number one head and shoulders above everybody else. And so I think the Texans absolutely got their guy and Will Anderson. Yeah, we had Joe DeLeon, draft expert, and talked to him a couple of months ago. Uh, we've talked to him a couple of times prior to the draft, but a few months ago, I was like, well, wh- wh- where do you see this draft? And he had Will Anderson along with Jalen Carter. And that, this was before all of Jalen Carter's issues as the number one and number two guys in this draft, period. You know, yeah. if you're taking just the best players, mm-hmm. quarterback we know is so much a more important position. But, uh, Sean, I know you've got to go, but I just want to play this really quick because mm-hmm. we had on Bryant Browning, who former Ohio State offensive lineman with the Believe Network, and we asked him about the future face now, of the Texans franchise, the future face, C.J. Stroud is the face of the Texans franchise. You know, this kid has gone through a lot in his life. And here's me and Bryant Browning talking a little bit about the story of C.J. Stroud and what all he's been through. I don't know how many people outside of Buckeye Nation know his personal story, because when C.J. was 13, his dad, who was a pastor, ends up in prison on a bunch of major charges because of a drug-related incident, because of the financial burden. CJ, his mom, five siblings, all nearly end up homeless when he was in high school. Bryant, this is a kid that's had to battle through some major adversity. Yeah, and that's that's for sure. And then another story I like to share, like you say, you say that story, right, and the struggles he had as a family, as in, you know, we fast forward now, you get to college, and then the NIL opened up, right, so he's a starting quarterback at Ohio State's so all he does, make some money there. And from what I understand, he already bought his mother a house. Like, you know, he took his money there. First thing he does as a leader is go home, help out mom, right, get her somewhere safe and secure, take care of that situation. And then another story I feel that that's really relevant is his recruiting, his recruitment to Ohio State. When CJ was, I don't know what grade he was in, junior, sophomore, junior, senior, uh, early senior, something of that sort. Had to be a junior or sophomore. But he didn't have a lot of scholarship offers at first. Like He was kind of under a radar player. He goes to a 707 camp. One of a, a five-star receiver that's still on the team now, Julian F- Fleming, they end up on the same 707 team. He has a big day there. He leads that team to the championship. And this due to his leadership that Fleming, the five-star wide receiver at the time, he called Coach Daly, hey, it's this quarterback out of California. We need to be kind of looking at it too. 
is that from there he gets his Ohio State offer and kind of, you know, he kind of gets some other big schools at that time for as well. So it just kind of, the, the whole story about CJ and the things that he's been capable of doing, like you say, to get to college. Yeah, you mentioned he took some of his NIL money to buy his family a house, but also $500 gift cards for all his Ohio State teammates. And the story that I read that really says the most about him, Bryant, was a story his mom told. She said when he was in high school, she saw him closing one eye when he threw passes. And she asked why. He said one of his contact lenses wore out and he was afraid to ask for money for another pair. Yeah, I mean, that's that, and that's, that, that's just let you know what type of guy he is, right? Yeah, that's some good stuff there. Go yeah. check out that full interview. I'm going to put a link up to that full interview at the end of this show. So keep an eye out for that. But, Sean, I mean, you know, the Texans have got a quarterback finally. It's been a while since uh, we've been excited about a quarterback since Deshaun left town. But, I mean, that, that's the story of this draft right now is the Texans actually have a starting quarterback. And Casario, you know, this is his big move. He is now on the clock. You talk about on the clock, the Texans. Casario is now on the clock because, you know, the quarterback – that's a position yeah. where it makes a breaker a general manager. It does. It does. And it, you know, Casario um, didn't come without his own drama, his baggage. Um, there's a lot of other factors, you know, that could make or break him, but this is certainly the one, this was his night coming into the draft, all the rumblings about his future status with the organization post draft, even a year or two from now, you know, like, it's too far away. You you got your two cornerstones offensively, defensively. You got your quarterback, as you mentioned, you know, a guy to be excited about um, as a signal caller since, you know, Deshaun Watson was drafted a few years ago. Um, this was, honestly, I, I don't, I'll hear an argument, I guess, but it just had that feeling. This is the most, this was the most pivotal draft for the Houston Texans, maybe in their franchise's history. Just, you know, talking about it, having experienced where they've come from over the course of the last three years with everything that's gone on. We don't need to recount it all. You know, it's fresh on your minds. This was a huge draft, not for one individual, not for Nick, not for Hannah, not for Cal, not for Janice, just for the Texans organization. Jeez, for the fan base. And I know not everybody's a Stroud guy, just like everybody seemed like they were a Bryce guy, but you got a dude. You know, and I know we're going to talk a lot about the history of Ohio State quarterbacks and how they've not done anything in the NFL. Don't care about that. Uh, that's like talking about the all-time series record with, um, you know, teams that play each other. You know, who cares? Totally different rosters. Don't Doesn't matter. I don't care about that. We're going to talk about, you know, a point that I brought up. Over the course of the last 40 years, how many times has a quarterback – gone number one and number two overall in the first round of a draft. Only seven times in the history of the NFL over the course of the last 40 years has it happened, and the number two guy ain't worked out. It just hasn't worked out. Ain't been a franchise guy. Well, the Texans have a little history to make, and if it's C.J. Stroud, if that's the dude that's going to turn the worm, I'm here for it. You could You could have done a heck of a lot worse. Um, it's got to change at some point. At the end of the day, none of that matters. You feel really good about this coaching staff. You feel really good about this organization finally being honest with the fan base 
and bringing in a coach that was not going to be a lame duck, that was a legitimate candidate and maybe the hottest guy on the market, not named Sean Payton. You got him in. He's got a staff. You had a good free agency period. The draft is far from over. The Texans still have a lot of picks that they're going to hopefully use on some really good players going forward. So you have to feel really good about this draft. And anybody that says otherwise, you hate this draft, you're a contrarian, you don't know what you're talking about, and you just don't know. Tonight, the Texans, they might not have won the draft, but they're up there. That's a top three draft tonight for the Texans, at least. That's maybe top five. We'll see what happens, but... It's been damn exciting and long-awaited and well-deserved for a Texan fan base that has been through the ring of the last few years. They've won the fun. I'm going to maybe put that in quotes. They've won the fun. Yeah. And we also have to look at what they did tonight is basically give you what the Texans got for Deshaun Watson because Kenyon Green was a pick last year that they got for Deshaun. Christian Harris. So now you add in Will Anderson because Will Anderson's costing you the first and third next year. He's costing you that Cleveland Browns pick this year. So more or less the the major pieces from the Deshaun Watson trade, we've just seen them all used. So let's see how they work out. I mean, Kenyon Green, uh, Will Anderson, and Christian Harris, I believe are most of that draft, most of the pieces that you got for Deshaun Watson, most of the draft pieces anyway, right? Yeah, and, you know, we'll continue the conversation three, four, five years from now when we're talking about uh, what those draft choices uh, turned out to be to, that helped bring you Will Anderson and whether or not it was worth it or not worth it. You know, we'll, we're going to be talking about all this stuff. The conversation always continues. It's the NFL. It's crazy. It never ends. Um, but the main thing is, is you got your quarterback. Whether or not he works out, the organization had to do it. They had to do it. And that's not a reason to do it, but that you had to do it. You had to be able to identify and evaluate effectively with conviction that one of these four, five guys even, let's go down all the way to Hendon Hooker, because beyond that, it's a steep drop-off. It's like the Grand Canyon, man. One of these guys outside of Bryce Young, you can't tell me, was not going to be put in the proper situation to succeed. And you know what? Maybe Anthony Richardson is in Indianapolis. Uh, maybe Bryce Young is in Carolina. I think if there was ever a position to succeed, it is one with a clean slate that is, you know, been sort of washed of its negative culture and renewed, reinvigorated by a guy that used to play here that understands and it wasn't so long ago, certainly remembers and if can effectively bring that winning culture, that passion back into NRG. And D'Amico Ryan's leading this staff. That is a hell of a situation to step into for a young quarterback who's going to be a cornerstone of this franchise for years to come. A hell of a situation to step into for a guy like Will Anderson. So uh, for those reasons, you had to make it happen. They did tonight. And, you know, Outside of that, let's play some football because we're there's nothing to grade. There's nothing to criticize until these guys get out on the football field and, you know, earn the number two and the number three overall pick. Well, I said it on Monday, and I'm going to repeat it in case anybody missed the show on Monday. You know, you could say this is Casario's pick, but I'm going to tell you, 
it's at least 50-50, if not more so, D'Amico Ryan's pick that C.J. Stroud was taken as the quarterback. D'Amico had to sign off on it. You know it. Don't get that confused, Texans fans. Don't get it confused. We're going to have continuing draft coverage uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, want to get Sean in at least maybe one more time in the next couple of days. But for sure, we're going to go over this stuff on Monday, um, kind of the aftermath of everything that happened. Sean's going to be out there at NRG Stadium. He's going to have, you know, what Casario said and D'Amico and how they broke this whole thing down. Also, on Saturday, uh, potentially maybe Sunday morning, look for Frank from Rockets Chop Shop, our Rockets guy. I have not forgotten about the Rockets getting a new coach, a guy that was in the finals with the Boston Celtics just a year ago. There is now legitimate new excitement about the Rockets franchise being real again. I loved him as a head coaching candidate, talked about it in the last show. Unfortunately, it went out right before the move was made, so we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but we will this weekend. Sean, thanks for doing this, and uh, get out there to NRG, and, and uh, oh, can't wait to hear what they have to say. We'll get after it, man. I can't wait to talk some ball. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Attack!